Hey man, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl. Howdy my rowdies, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl, man. East Room came back this week, man. This past Tuesday, Ultimate Comedy made its debut back in the game, man. And uh, it was really, really fun to get to see everybody. You know, the hang is real, people. The hang. A lot of faces I ain't seen in a long time, albeit they were masked up. But hey, a lot of eyeballs I ain't seen in a long time, man. A lot of people I've had on this show were there. A lot of comics that will be on this show were there. Yeah, in general, man, it's just a great feeling to, you know, be back in that room. You know, like I said before, it's my favorite mic in town. It's a lot of people's, one of their favorite mics as well. So, and hey, man, I think I, I did pretty good, you know, for my first time back in six months. Uh, I was nervous about it, man. Ain't gonna lie. Until, you know, you do the thing and then you just let all that go. I got to tell you, it was fun. I had a really fun time. Great experience, you know. And like afterwards, you know, you you, you live off that high of like, man, that was really fun. I, you know, I really enjoy it. And I uh, just love being back, you know. So I, I went back out last night and, you know, I tanked. <laughs> but I'm really happy that happened, you know, because you need that humbling experience. You, know, you, you take the good and you take the not so good and it just kind of evens out to a nice, eh. I think that's comedy, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's jump right into this right now. Uh, this is episode three of My Ex Roommates Edition of the Badum Ching with Carl. And third time's the charm. Who do we got today? Chance Willie. Man, if you guys don't know Chance, you are missing out. Uh, I, you know, I was like, into this guy the first time I saw him on stage throw a chair across the room and deliver just the best set you know I was like all right who is this guy I like this guy (laughs) but uh you know getting to know him has been a real real treat and to continue to get to know Chance is uh something I'm gonna cherish you know what I mean Uh, conversations are always just so thick and his energy is like so bountiful man it's like it's like trying to trap lightning you can't do it you know what i mean all i can try to do is just hold on you know so i knew this interview was coming up with this man and uh so i had like the right amount of caffeine you know what i mean i can't go in too caffeinated uh against a lightning bolt you know what i mean so i just maintained the proper caffeine level just enough to try to keep up does that make sense i think it'll make sense when you hear this you know what i mean uh, he's regularly on the road. He's got, uh, he performs at Zany's a lot. He has a podcast with my other roommate, ex-roommate, Connor Larson, and proud to see he's doing well. And I'm even more proud uh, to call Chance my friend. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Chance Willie. I like quarantine because I do not like doing anything. <laughs> I realized that was my dream. Like, I, I figured out, like, I only had a dream because they made me pick one, you know? <laughs> my real dream was just to do nothing. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I don't want to be up here in this bisexual river guy jacket telling y'all jokes. 
farting in front of beautiful women, I want to be at home. Farting alone, playing Call of Duty. I did. It was the one time the government was like, you are doing your part by doing nothing at all. And I was like, you're in good hands, chief. back together. That's what I'm doing. What are you doing out there? Having a lot of sex? He was. He broke quarantine. You should talk to him about it. Uh, hey guys, Chance here. Um, just wanted to clear up some things about the video. Um, like we have, we have a lot of fun here, but Connor did not actually break quarantine to have sex. In fact, he's told me in confidence that he's never even actually had sex before. I've had And that sex. one time he got pretty close, but then he messed it up pretty bad. I've he had really it. fumbled it. It's good. Um, so yeah, don't take any of that seriously. You know, if you book a, a, like a like a showcase, I broke be sure not to factor that into your like inclusion of Connor. I was sex um, name, yeah. But yeah, he has never had sex. Just want to clarify. Okay. Thanks, guys. Chance Willie, what's going on, dude? What up? We doing it? Yeah, we're doing it. We're we're, we're in the pocket, dude. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even feel the time change. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah. What's CR three? What's up, dude? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> rocking a. You know me, man. You got a headband on the Xbox three sixty green. Yeah, I like that shit. Yeah. yeah, green screen green baby. How you doing? Got the Mitch Hedberg shirt. Yeah, that's Carl shit right there, dude. That's some real Carl. You making yeah. some just Carl layups today, dude? You're like I'm fucking Carled up. <laughs> Well, Carled up on a Friday for no damn reason. For no damn reason. Yeah, no, I, wish I, I wish I had got. I should have got Carled up too. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you said that. I was going to bring this up on on here. I waited <laughs> to bring this up. <laughs> but, but you I got a Cheech and Chong trucker hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm CR4. What's up? CR4. Let's no, go. I've been seeing you uh, doing. You know, obviously a lot of uh, comedy clips, zany's clips and stuff. But half the time you're wearing this really boss Chris Cornell shirt. You're right, I'm wearing and I'm like. That's where that shirt went. That's my Chris Cornell shirt. But it is, hey, he left it here. I want to tell you, you got my blessing on that because I guarantee you, if I had that shirt, it would be in my uh, closet with like a hundred other shirts. I'm like, ah, it's fine. I think somebody should take that shirt and put it in like a gold frame. It needs to be. At this I point. love that. That shirt. shirt's from I, like I, I, I actually stopped wearing it because I don't want to wash it anymore. Yeah. Well, you know what? I stopped you know, doing because it's like a sick. I just stopped washing like, my shirts. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I still wear them. <laughs> Wagner, that remind me. Our friend Josh Wagner has yeah. he been on the podcast? Yeah, well, he did. Uh, he did one. He told me this thing ago. just on some real dirtbag shit. He told me one time he was like, "Yeah, man, uh, you don't have to actually wash your pants. You can just throw them in the freezer, and it'll kill all the germs." And then he, I was like, "I'm just gonna wash my pants." <laughs> Wait, was he living with me at the time? I was like, "Why are you cutting corners to be filthy, dog? Just <laughs> wash your damn pants. Just own it." Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. to be fair, we didn't have a wash and dryer at the house, yeah. I guess. No, I think I'm just joking. The context he told me was like, it is, I think it actually is like a hack where you don't have to like a, ruin the wash of the denim uh-huh. by washing it. So maybe I'll start doing that with the Chris Cornell shirt. It'll start freezing it. Yeah. And getting all the microorganisms out of it. Of which there's got, between you and me, 
That's the dirtiest shirt in the southeast <laughs> between us sharing a Chris Cornell shirt. That's yeah. yeah, you could pull a lot of DNA off that shirt. You could clone us with the amount of DNA in that shirt. <laughs> and then it would just be some Carl Chance hybrid. Yeah. A <laughs> lot of lot of sweat, a lot of a lot of bombs, you know. Yeah, a lot of drinking. <laughs> a lot of drinking. <laughs> A lot of sweat, a lot of bombs. We both reach for a drink, you know. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like that. It's like he's got perfect rhythm, but then he'll just lose it and go off on a crazy tangent and yell at a yell at a crowd member, and then nobody sees him for a weekend. It's yeah. Fine. yeah, dude. So, how did we meet? Do you remember how we met? I was trying to think about this the other. Do you remember? Did we meet through Wagner's house? I think I did kratom at your house one time. You remember that old place? You yeah, lived yeah, 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 yeah. I did kratom at your house, but that can be the first night. No, I met no. You. I, I knew you from just from seeing you from Eddie's room because yeah, uh, yeah. back when you uh, when I f- started coming around, uh, Wagner would in- always introduce you as what the most dangerous man in comedy is. Or what oh it was. yeah, and then like you had this bit where you would pick up uh, the stool and just throw it, <laughs> throw it off stage, and then replace it with another stool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But like yeah, yeah. your energy back then, I was like, who the hell is this kid? Because he's fucking hilarious. I, I, you know, yeah. I'm sure I had to have been at the East Room where, right? But probably through Wagner, and yeah, yeah, def- yeah. definitely through when, Wagner. Definitely when, uh, yeah, you are hanging out over at the uh, Piedmont House uh, with me and Josh. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't know about the kratom. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the kratom may have been off the record. I think that was. Uh, I think you were asleep that night. Uh-huh. And then quote me, unquote, I was asleep. Yeah, yeah me yeah. and Josh were hanging out, and he's like, "You want to try some kratom, dude?" Uh-huh. No, I was like, he was like. Psh- yeah, absolutely, dude. Joe Rogan podcast by day, whatever, train by night, or whatever shit, whatever. And then uh, I tried it, and it was fucking bizarre. Uh-huh. It was bizarre, and it was like a full moon, and I was looking at it, and I was like, I'm on a kratom right now, dude. It's It, it definitely worked. That shit works. And you woke up uh, with your pants in the freezer. Yeah, I woke up with my kid, Josh, and put all my clothes in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> just being a good host. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm in the car. I'm in the car home, just shivering. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember? Because uh, I have you on, uh, not only because you're Chance Willie, the comedian, but you were. You know, we lived together in this house for a while. Do you remember when we uh, first t- started talking about getting a place together? Uh, I remember I was moving out of my. I lived in like this little rat hole mm-hmm. off of Cahal. Uh, uh, yeah. And I was trying to get the hell out of there, dude. I was. That was probably the most depressed I've ever been, dude. Oh it was God. a bummer. And I was like, right before I was like, right when I was trying to get sober, and uh, and, and just living there, just like doing mics and showcases and you're like getting work but it's not enough to feel like you're really in the mix and then i was like working at a brunch place but drinking every night yeah which is a difficult turnaround to drink all night and then you're up at 5 a.m and you've got people being like all right where are those mimosas and you're like all right time to tighten up the mask and do this uh so that was a that was a bummer period and then moving here i remember kind of marked like a point which all right got a fresh start you know, let's go. So it was like me and Connor were looking for a third, mm-hmm. you know, and also a roommate. Hey, let's go. And then uh, looking for a third. That's what you say when you're trying to facilitate a threesome, right? Yeah, I think so. And it it, it's funny because you found. I'm when the then third. we found we found both. I'm literally the third. We weren't even looking for a roommate. We yeah. were just looking for a third. And then you were like, I'm calling yeah. the third. After we were all done, you were smoking a cigarette. You're like, you know what? We should live together. Uh, <laughs> Carl the third. Dude, that's so funny. When your inevitable um, triage into porn, that's going to be Carl the Third. Yeah. And you just always show up, like, hey, hey, man. I might get sued. And then you come and you're like, but I'm (laughs) cheating. 
<laughs> I might get sued by the college, but I could change my name to Oral Roberts, maybe. Well, what's Oral Roberts? Is that a? It's, I think it's a college. <laughs> Oral Roberts. Yes, yeah. but not Oral Roberts the Third. You know. <laughs> Oral Roberts the Third is a great name for a porn star. <laughs> yeah. So then we moved in here, and then uh, it was uh, sick for a minute, and then the pandemic hit. Yeah, man. And then it got dark for a second. Like literally, the lights went out. The like, lights. <laughs> Like the day after they shut everything down. Right? Yeah. Well, at first it was. This is my favorite story about you. Okay. Ever, uh, the tornado in Nashville that destroyed our community apart. <laughs> um, yeah. You were at. Uh, you told me when I saw you the next time. I was like, "Hey, how you? Were you all right with the tornado?" I think it was like the next day. You came back into the house. And you're like, "Were you good last night?" And you were like, "Yeah, man. Uh, I was." Uh, I, actually, do you want me to tell this story? Yeah, you can tell it. You, you, don't, you don't have to say my location, but you can tell them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just realized the implication of the story, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't tell it. Okay, so you said that there was a that you <laughs> the night of the tornado you you passed out in your car, <laughs> and then you woke up the next day. The tornado is like. It's a block away from you, dude. It's like destroying lives and like historic music venues. And you're just snoozing in the key of soul. Perfectly at peace, dude. Blissfully. Like Jesus in the manger. <laughs> Silent night, dude. dude that, that, that night. And then you woke up the next morning. Yeah, go ahead. What yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, it was like three and three in the morning. I just woke up. I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, I noticed I had all these missed calls. I had all these texts. Wagner texted me. He's like, uh, "Are you okay? And Did you like, put your pants in the freezer? Yeah. <laughs> Did you remember putting your pants in the freezer last night? Friends I was hanging out with was like, uh, "Are you okay? Uh, what's going on?" And I was just like, "What did I do? I thought <laughs> I thought I'd like really like made a scene or yeah. beat somebody up or like." Stab some people. I don't know what happened. And then and I had to call Josh. To, I was like, well, he'll tell me the truth. You know? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what'd I do? I said, dude, uh, it's a tornado, man. It, people are dead. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I did something bad. <laughs> the real victim. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and that was right before the pandemic. So, the, so. that was right before the pandemic was the tornado, which... I mean, people talk about it in Nashville, but if you're not from here, like, it, we got, like, literally, like, punched in the gut and then, like, uppercut, like, immediately, like, tornado. And then we're, like, people, I remember the cleanup effort for the tornado was the first time I ever thought about being socially distant. You know oh, what I mean? yeah, That yeah. was, like, the first weekend people were, like, do we need to be out here? Yeah, I, I remember people being, like, conflicted, like... Because so many people, like, there was an outpouring of people into the community, Mm -hmm. uh, which is also something people don't talk about whenever they talk about COVID numbers, by the way, is, like, that people were, that first weekend, people were uh, repairing the city we lived in uh, from the tornado, which I'm also tired. I'm just tired of people in the media bashing Nashville in general, because it's, like, as dumb and as stupid as all that shit was, like, as poorly as it was handled in this city, also... That weekend after the tornado hit was like a beautiful moment in our community. And you saw a lot of like really good people do the right thing. Oh, wow. In mass, without questioning. There was yeah. no hesitancy. People just were out in the street helping people. But that was this weekend where I was like, 
I need to maybe take some uh, COVID precautions because I don't, you know, I don't know what the situation was because it was just it was just starting to buzz, you know, mm-hmm. and so it was like oh that was a rough that was a rough week, dude, uh, and then right after that, boom, like the next weekend, full lockdown, and then it was like people had to stop kind of like going out into the community and helping as much as I recall because you're like you can't be out there. <laughs> Stay away from so me. So we just still have shit that's just, you know what I mean, dude? Yeah. We had a fucking tornado, and then they locked us down. They are like, stay out of these streets, dude. So we have shit that's still busted up yeah. from the tornado. Imagine, was- imagine like the guy whose house got completely built, and then the neighbor's just waiting for help, and then yeah. every, everything got shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so that guy's house is still wrecked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just out there. He's like... That, it, that he's like, hey, just because we're socially distancing doesn't mean I still don't have a roof, dude. Like, I'm getting rained on. Come in here. Get in here. We can stand six feet apart. I need some shingles. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that was dark and weird. And then we were in here, like, in this mm-hmm. house. You, me, and Connor. And it's a decent-sized house, but we were, we're packed in here like sardines, dude. Mm-hmm. And then there was a – I remember at the beginning, you and Connor – Became like uh, Tarantino, like hateful eight level drinking buddies. <laughs> like I would, I would roll in here at night and I'd come in and you would just have like one candle lit. Yeah, and you guys would be like drinking whiskey by the table, <laughs> like that scene in Indiana Jones where they're playing Russian roulette. Yeah, in the uh, like up in the like Arctic pub or whatever. Uh, so yeah, that was like that was the first phase of the pandemic. I have to say, I think I told Connor this that, that yeah, it was. That night that we really uh, bonded. Yeah. We've been close ever since. (laughs) Exactly. There was a lot of bonding. You don't really get the luxury of not bonding. Yeah. You know, with some roommates, you can have like the, well, you know, I don't see them that often, whatever, we're in and out. But when you're like in a pandemic together, you're Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I'm putting your pants in the freezer. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I got you here. I'll get, I'll take them off again. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so that was, that was wild. And then, uh, I don't know, as it, as it, Progressed, I guess it got okay. It got, everybody kind of figured it out how to handle it, and we—I don't know—it was cool. It was cool getting, being like the bond we have from the pandemic, yeah. like living together is like that's something I'll think about for a long time. Yeah, me too. You know, you I, know I, I, mean? I agree. And like just you know, living in y'all's worlds for a bit. You know, like with Connor, I'd watch uh, UFC stuff with him. You know, and, yeah, watch, yeah. and watch him row his boat here in the living room. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and watch him oh, yeah. live his Balboa s. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's in his, in his head. It was like a Rocky esque arc. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That was, I mean, that was. Um, I watched Connor like change his life drastically for the better. Not mm-hmm. only with comedy and just writing, but with like, I mean, exercise and mental health yeah. and like, I don't know. I mean, I saw um, just an incredible transformation. I think that, that it's it's been like, yeah, it's been like one of the like joys of my life is to build a, a friendship with Connor and you. Yeah, I so. think the, the the good thing about that was like uh, you kind of predated that by like six months. So I think that energy, oh, yeah, I your energy, over. yeah, but your energy of uh, exercising, uh, taking care of yourself, getting better at your craft, totally. I think that really rubbed off on him. Mm-hmm. I'm a little slow, slower learning. You know, I'm just now starting to come around after I moved out. Different stuff works yeah. for different people too. It's not like my model of like whatever. No, no, be. and everybody has their own pace. But I'm really yeah. happy that at least we're all three still in that same. Mindset. I'm not going to exercise. Right. Fuck that. But I will uh, 
you know, have a water. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know what, dude? And I'll applaud you, you boys for some you know, days. Some days that glass of water is, you know, that's that's huge. That's the step you need, man. I've been you know? uh, like, and total. you, you're Carl Roberts the third, dude. Yeah, you're gonna be around forever. You're like eternal. You're like a you're you're like a an idea. You know what I mean, dude? <laughs> like you're around forever, dude. Who cares about your physical body? Dude? Yeah, yeah. As yeah. guys like me and Connor, dude, we got like. 60 to 70 years, if we're lucky, right here on this material plane to make an impact, to make a difference. Guy like you, dude, you don't have to worry about this. Shed mm. this flesh vessel. Get out of here, dude. Yeah. Carl Robs III, you're like Shiva the Destroyer, dude. I'm like a, a, a young George Burns. You're a <laughs> But my body feels that like was, an old George Burns. <laughs> that was the last thing I said. I know. Oh my god! You know what's fun about watching you though, like you're talking about uh, me living in their little worlds, was watching you play uh, when you got your uh, what was it Switch Nintendo Switch. I love that, that thing. Right? That was the best. And, investment and you got that Zelda made. game, and I would just spend out you know countless nights. Yeah, <laughs> watching so play Zelda. Just watching you play. I would just veg out watching you. Yeah, it's so entertaining. Like, it's... Check this out, check this out, Carl. I'm buying a suit. And I'm gonna climb this mountain. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Climb it, brother. That's what's so great about you, dude. You were like endlessly supportive and positive, regardless of the situation. Well, I'm like that with people that I like. You know, you're I mean? a t- yeah. You're like a you lo- you enjoy, and it's something I like too. It's like you you get off on being in somebody's corner. Mm-hmm. You know, I love being in somebody's corner. I love being a cheerleader. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I lo- I don't know. I enjoy that. And you see. Not everybody, and maybe it's not a huge deal, but like you see sometimes in comedy, uh, people rooting against each other. Do you, do you ever pick up on that? Yeah, There's some of that. that, and it's hard because it's so just by its very nature, like super competitive and kind of like dark and cynical and shit. But some, I don't know, just the way I uh, kind of, I don't know, the experiences I had in high school, specifically like in music and stuff, mm-hmm. it was just like. You, you, it's a lot of like being cheerleaders for each other and like being like, if the whole, let's, like, I'm like, oh, there goes, there goes Wagner, dude. Fucking Wagner's gonna get him. Wagner's gonna crush tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want as much feel like the guy who's like sitting at the back of the room being like, eh, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. This guy, he's a hack, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm less of that guy. I'm more like, let's go. I see, I like, love to see my, Friends do well, you know yeah, what I mean. That sense of community, and you're that way. You're out. You're absolutely that way too. You're right. like a, which is why it makes so much sense that you're doing this podcast because it comes from everything you do. Like so clearly comes from like an organic place of like, yeah, I want to sit down and have a conversation with my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean. And then every time I listen to one of these, you just have the nicest things to say about people. You have a per, you pretty much nail what people's general vibe is and their aura and you kind of like you say to other people what I think they need to hear about themselves sometimes Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I listened to the episode with you and Brad Sativa and you were talking to him and you were like dude I mean it's like from my outside this is the way you phrase it like from my outside perspective I look at you and you were just like always working your ass off and you've become like a mogul with these shirts. You're like a brand. I see other people out here wearing your shit. And it's like he's aware of that. But it, you could tell he was like, thank you for saying that. Like it it felt so good to hear like the outside perspective kind of validate what you're doing. Yeah. Um, because I think, Yeah, I think anybody wants to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you're always the first guy to do that. You think that, you know. But so I don't think that's a lot of people's first instinct, which is very unfortunate, mm-hmm. is to be like, 
But I love to do that. I try to like you, you got to check in with people and like tell them they're doing a good job. I try to do that as much as I can. I try to be more cognizant. But that's something that. I, I think yeah. I picked up in a lot of ways from you too. Like it's just just be vulnerable, be yourself, and be like if you're a fan of somebody, be like I'm a fan, dude. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm wearing the t-shirt. I'm 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 a fan. I like what you do. Like that means a lot to people. You know, but like, I think maybe that goes back to music too. You know, but totally like, being dude. such a fan of especially in Nashville scene, it just makes sense to do this. Yeah, with you boys and girls because yeah. I am a fan of Uncle Carl, dude. Uncle Carl, you you be clearly like, in your head. You feel like Uncle Carl. Yeah. You're like I'm with the Boys and Girls Club. And what, I'm just you know I'm here to support. You need a ride? <laughs> like I got yeah. you, dude. But you pop in, dude. Then do a set, fucking crush, and just walk off, dude. I've seen you have magic sets uh. where it's like you capture that like I don't know. Just it's all just like goofy joke writing. Which is like my favorite thing, like that airplane bit you have, or the oh, guy, yeah, yeah, the guy skydiving, the bit. skydiving bit. Like it's so goofy and silly. It reminds me of like uh, I don't know, like uh, Adam Sandler type shit, where it's like, yeah, I don't have to be making like larger statements about the social political <laughs> climate. Like I'm gonna write a joke about a guy who went skydiving and never came back down. Like that's so funny to me. Even like your your affectation when you say it like and he, what if he just never came back down? <laughs> like it's so funny to listen to. It's so like pleasant to hear, you know? Well Wagner speaking of Wagner, Wagner helped me a lot with that joke. Did and he? the turnaround on that. Yeah. And and it's it got such a big pop, but like he's like, No, it's your joke. Hey, you wrote the joke. I just gave you one idea about it. Right. And I was like, yeah, but he's like, no buts, no buts. You yeah, know? you gotta get you gotta get that out of your head. Yeah, just be like, uh, it, uh, don't 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 worry about that. Just be like, if somebody helps you, like that's great. That's part of the creative process. Right. Too. And so, like, I, I've always tried to pay it forward ever since then to totally give people tags if I think you know. And, and people just give me tags. You, know, you give me tags. Uh, yeah, Weber. You know, like it's I get part a lot of, it. of information. Dude, Weber know? is Mister Tags. Yeah, Weber is a beast. He likes that, doing dude. it. You know, dude. You know, Weber and Dust <laughs> Aaron Weber and Dusty Slay mm-hmm. are both like uh, they're both. They first of all to even watch you and take interest in you is like already like the best like right. they, they, oh you're the best it'd be so easy for you to just like you know walk out here and not pay attention but they always take an interest they always like they and they check in they're like hey I think this would work for this and the stuff they've given me like I use forever now yeah you Same. know what I mean so it's like um, uh, yeah I don't know. that is the best if somebody gives you a tag you're like okay and if you're not coachable you know like that's a you know, if you're not like open to like having somebody be like, "Hey, here's an idea." If you can't s- take criticism or feedback or like, a, or even with a tag, it's just a positive idea that could help your set. Like, if you're yeah. not open to that, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a great path to success. You know, that's yeah. an ind- any industry. You got to be malleable. You, know? you got to be malleable. You got to be open to ideas, yeah. all that stuff. You know, if somebody gives you a tag, it's like they're taking interest in your career and they are taking interest in the way you do things. And then if you Hear that, and you like it, it can inform your joke writing and how you move forward. Because you're only thinking, I think what happens if somebody gives you a joke or a punchline, you go in your head, you go, oh no, if I'm taking this, then I'm not creative, I'm not original, and I'll only have stuff that other people have written. But that's not the case. You just take one small part of a joke, and then it can inform the next five jokes you independently write. You know what I mean? And like I said, going back to that point that like, it's drawn from that sense of community, you know? Totally. And, and you know, for me, I love yeah. the community so much that, like, I want to try to help more. Yeah. More I sound more. like a guy who just steals jokes and I'm justifying it now. 
And sometimes if people tweet stuff, just take that and put it in your act and then say it at a showcase where you get paid money to use other people's ideas. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's a community vibe. Oh, all right? yeah, 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 yeah. we're a creative network. Uh-huh. I'm not a thief. No, no. Of, no <laughs> of I mean, intellectual like, property. No, I, my Twitter is uh, real Aaron Weber, you know. The real Aaron yeah, Weber, yeah. You know, so. <laughs> real Aaron Weber, the real Dusty Slate. Yeah, yeah. We're having a real time. <laughs> We're having a real time. It's getting real over here. You it's know? very real. Who's real? Who's pumped? <laughs> I'm real. Now I'm real. My name's. Was Was Dusty uh, around on the scene much when you were starting? Dude, up? Dusty's in the water out here, boy. Yes. Dusty again. Dusty also one of these people like you is like Dusty's an idea, dude. Dusty's eternal. <laughs> Dusty, Dusty's time on Earth almost is of no no significance. What really happens is Dusty's impact like a hundred years from now. Yeah. Where they're like, this dude was out here, man, like changing hearts and minds. He's like, a, he's like the we're having a good time thing. He just did a TED Talk about we're having a good time. That's it's all like that, an, yeah. It's like, a, it's like the power of positive energy shit. Like he's on some Gary Vee shit now. Like <laughs> Dusty is out in these streets, dude. And you did shows with him recently. Yeah, in I just Chattanooga, right? I just saw him last night at Zanies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just he was up there. He's up there all the time. I do the new material Monday shows at Zanies. Dusty's always coming through. Weber's always coming through. That's what I love. It's like you just see your friends every week. Yeah. That's like the best part. Uh, yeah, I did a spot with Dusty in my hometown club in Chattanooga, and then uh, we did the Atlanta Punchline this past year too. I've been, and then we did some shows in Dalton. I've, I've been on the road a lot with Dusty, and we we we, we got pretty tight. And That's he cool. was one again. When I was around, it was when I first started. I'm talking like I'm 100 years old. When I started four <laughs> or five years ago, like Dusty was the guy and still is the guy. You know, one of the guys where you're like, oh, that's the level, right? Yeah. But almost like it's also unattainable because you're like, you can never be that guy. Yeah. You can never do what that guy does. He's a totally different thing. Uh, but yeah, he was around and it was like he is, he gave me like my, some of my first opportunities on like independent shows and also at Zany's. I think he gave me my first maybe. Uh, maybe for second or third showcase spot at Zany's, and I did his show, and I bombed so hard that he gave me some money out of his pocket. Oh. <laughs> he felt so bad. <laughs> he was like, "Here, here, man, you take this because you need it more than I do." <laughs> I bombed so hard, I got heckled, and the guy was not even. He he had a line for something after it. You know, like you get a heckler where. After everything you say, they got something to say, mm-hmm. and I just did not know how to handle it. I did not know how to shut it down. Yeah, and uh, I just, whew, I just tanked. Mm-hmm. I tanked hard, man. Uh, what was the takeaway from that experience? The uh, takeaway from that because exp- I know that you, I've seen you deal with heckers these days. Oh, uh, dude, I don't know. Probably <laughs> some like weird toxic confidence thing. I don't want to say on here where it's like you got to buck up and be like, "Fuck you, dude." You gotta <laughs> no. You know what the takeaway was. Calm down, slow down, don't freak out, mm-hmm. and just sit in that moment, listen to what he's saying, and then, you know, have a genuine reaction, try to be funny, and, you know, as opposed to, usually, it's sometimes when you're heckling, and you're very, very, you're getting heckled, and you're very new, you'll, like, uh, you'll tighten up, and you freak out, and you're either, like, overcorrect and lash out at them, which is what I didn't want to do, because it's like, it's a big night, I'm at Zany's, it's one of my first nights here, yeah. uh, I can't be the guy who lashes out at somebody, and at that time, I would have done it. Like, I was the guy at open mics getting drunk and, like, screaming at people and shit, like, crazy shit. And uh, so I instead it just tried to power through and focus on my material, but it was it just sounded like I was reading it off a teleprompter uh, because I was just freaking out. Yes. So I guess the lesson, in short, would be, like, just slow down and don't freak out and, like, take a second or two to figure out what's going on before you 
decide how to engage with this person who is a human being still too that's the shit about like heckling is it's like you're talking to a person with eyeballs in their head you know like all that comedian owns heckler shit is like after the show like it doesn't always feel good that you had a a really negative interaction with somebody in a public forum you know (laughs) so uh yeah there's just a lot to think about in a situation like that yeah like when i started i guess it was like Weber Weber was like on the up and up dude and like uh him and Lucy were always like like coming around to the East Room and hanging out and uh then like Dusty was around and Brad Edwards was still hosting the East Room. Nice. Which was wild. Um yeah. Yeah, that was it was really fun. Wag- him and Wagner would always do like the and Carter Glasscock was here too. They would always do like these sketches at the East Room to open the show and oh, I remember wow. yeah I remember uh, Carter did like a Cat Williams voice on one that's it was like hilarious Laura was just starting to yeah. that was fun yeah and then um, yeah and then it was like a little while after that we all started kind of coming around Zanies cause again like Lucy took some Lucy who books Zanies who is just like the best she uh, started like taking an interest in everybody and being like come on let's get in here let's get the team in here and yeah, it was fun. It was like it was really exciting. It's still exciting. It's 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 fun. I don't know. I'm tra- am I trailing off right no, here? No, I smoked fine. a CBD cigarette, dude. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting on these tangents. <laughs> you can try to co-sign these tangents. Let's go. That's getting, it. You can use that one. Hey, we're you trying to co-sign these tangents. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the beginning of a four-hour session we got, so we're good. Yeah. yeah, this is. Oh, am I in on a podcast? I thought I was in therapy right now. <laughs> That would be so great well, if you were a therapist. Therapy the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, therapy the podcast. Yeah. That's every comedian's podcast. I guess so. One time Bo Schuster said this in a mic. You know Bo Schuster? I know of him, you know. Bo Schuster was a guy. He used to run a clean open mic on Wednesday nights at Belcourt Taps, and it was like a great open mic. And you had to be clean. So it was like you had to learn how to do five minutes clean. Yeah, I love doing it. A yeah. great skill. A yeah. great skill. And, uh, but he said one night, uh, I, I think it was in the light of like a, a comedian being like canceled, or like somebody who was like messed up, like had some real like uh, not not like a like a big comedian, and I forget who it was. But he said, you know, a lot of people say uh, comedy is my therapy, but uh, how about make therapy your therapy? <laughs> I just think about that all the time because <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, maybe maybe you shouldn't be processing all your like grief trauma. Um, like horrible stuff that everybody has. Yeah. Maybe maybe the most healthy way to do it is it in a public forum. You know, <laughs> like I think if you told like your therapist that like you were using comedy as therapy, she'd be like, Oh no 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 no. You need to you need to leave that in the room on the couch. All right. <laughs> or maybe she, not. I don't know. Yeah. And then say? she takes it and goes out and does a month. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then once you truly process it, I feel like once you really process it and you have your time with it and you're like vulnerable and you let yourself bottom out and you're like you feel everything you feel, you move past it. Then take it on stage, and now it could be, you know, one of them certified banger, bangeroonies. Yeah. And one of them heaters. It's got the streets going crazy. But sometimes if you bring a premise on stage and it's too raw and you're still really upset about it, you can bum some people out. Mm. Like, I started doing that when my dad died. I went to go to open mics, and I would get on stage, and I'd be like, I'd write something down, and it'd be like, like, I used to have this joke. I'd be like, uh, my dad uh, had cancer, and he survived cancer, and then he later died of a heart attack. Be like that's like uh, surviving the Holocaust and then slipping on a banana peel. Yeah, I remember. You know what I mean? Remember, remember Which is and then uh, it would just. I thought it was hilarious, but you would 
go like go try it at open mics and people would just be like, Oh, sweetie, you're hurting. <laughs> you know, like you were like you're bummed. It'd be like they could tell I was not because I was still like drinking and like yeah. bloated and like just, yeah. like I don't know. It's hard to mask. I might bring that back though. Yeah, I mean it, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Well, you know, yeah, it's still a good bit. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that, not the truth of it, but yeah, you know, exactly the joke part of it. Yeah. So then that's and then you started playing drums at the East Room. Yeah, you know, a couple and, years later, and, and that came uh, out of uh, as a lot of things in my in my life. It came out of uh, pure luck, you know, or just being in the right place, right time. I guess which is what happens most of the time with anybody, but. Like and you got to be around too. Yeah. I don't think. I think you got to no, like yeah. be in a position where like you're one of the guys in the mix, you know. Yeah. And you had this skill set to be able to fill the role. You yeah. Know? You know, because when I started, it was Gary. Gary uh, Fletcher. Fletcher playing. Gary drums. off the grid. Gary dude. off the grid. Gary off the grid. Had him on here about a. Yeah. Month Gary went off the grid and started posting every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More <laughs> on the grid than any motherfucker in the world. <laughs> dude, it's so funny though. Dude, I realized the other day like nothing I'll ever try to do in my whole life with writing or video, any of this dumb crap, will be as funny as Gary dancing. Yeah. Like he's just funny. Like he's a kid. He's like he's just. He just oozes funny. He's almost got like Will Ferrell face where like you can't look at him without laughing mm. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, he's like, so funny. He's like, check it out. Check it yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's just so funny. He's so inherently funny. Yeah. Dude. Gary rocks, man. That was like, and then uh, Sean Parrott, same way. Sometimes uh, like the way Sean will turn his head will make me laugh. You know, he'll be like, ah. <laughs> It'll make me, you know, like that guy is just like, he's just funny, funny. Been going to the uh, movies with Sean lately. Uh, no the, shit, man. The movie theater opened up over at Alfred Mills again. Oh, that's sick. We had our uh, uh, Regal cards from pre-pandemic, but it shut down. But I, I was literally going through my app uh, one day and it was turned on. I was like, wait a minute, you know, and I texted Sean. I was like, did your card, you know, come back on too? He's like, yeah. So uh, that was around the same time where you got vaxxed and all that stuff. So I was like, let's go to the movies. Yeah. Hell yeah, so, man. That, dude, Sean is a huge movie guy. Oh, a huge movie guy. Man. He's a big movie guy. I did his movie podcast, Food Court. Yeah, yeah, I That's did a that podcast. With, with Burr. Burr. Good yeah. Lord, John Burr. John Burr is a, yeah, a despot. <laughs> John Burr, like, guys and gals don't know who he is. He's the kind of guy... That's like so funny. He can come into a room full of comics, have everybody bust busted up, and they just yeah. Well, yeah. that's what's so great about John Burr is like he's not a comic. He exists outside of comedy, but he can walk into any room and be like the funniest guy in the room. Yeah, and it's so true. He's yeah. so funny, dude. He'll walk in wear some leather driving gloves and like a like a like a Soviet dictator hat. <laughs> You're like, who is this guy dressed like this? And then he comes in and he is like, a just unrelentingly charming. Like, super funny, like, yeah. crass, but in that way where it's just like, ah, I love this guy. John, John Burr is like, I've been, like, low-key obsessed with John Burr since I met him. <laughs> John, I get really, like, zeroed in on people. Yeah. I, like, really, like, I just kinda, I just like people, especially if they've got, like, a thing, you know? Yeah. So just, He's definitely the good. minute I met John Burr, I was like, why does this dude not have a TV show? <laughs> like, I'm upset. Like, he's wearing driving gloves and he's in here busting balls and he's just the funniest guy and he dressed like red fox you know? yeah <laughs> like a 70s red fox yeah dude the best is dude one time I was riding in a car with it was John Burr and Seth Pomeroy and Carter Glasscock oh, God, yeah. and Seth and Carter are in the front seat and me and John are in the back seat and I'm just there I'm just hanging out I'm like a little high in the back seat just like along for the ride I'm kind of being like oh I can't believe I'm hanging out with these dudes and then uh 
Burr, like, he just starts... He knows exactly how to pit Seth Pomeroy and Carter against each oh, yeah, other. Perfectly. Like, it's like a, th- like, brothers thing. It's mm-hmm. like, he knows exactly what to say to, like, pit them against each other, and he's just, like, in the back seat, and he would, like, turn to me every time he was about to do it, and he'd be like, watch this. <laughs> and then he would, like, say something incendiary, and then, like, they'd start bickering. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's a master manipulator. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm all true, the way man. on board, yeah. Uh, 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 He described himself as a con man to me one time, and I was like, that's great. He he looks like a con (laughs) man, doesn't he? I've heard so many just crazy stories about him. The uh, the, uh, Internal Revenue Service is having this exact same discussion right now (laughs) about John (laughs) Burr. I wanted to have him on the the podcast, and uh, I could just hear his voice in a text. I was like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? He's like, you run out of comics already? I was like, all right. Dude, I heard Narado Moore, who's also one of the funniest yeah. people I've ever met in my entire life, say that uh, uh, he referred to Mickey's as the house that John Burr built. <laughs> I was like, that's what a credit right there. Yeah. Yeah. But another another example of, you know, sober guy who's just, you know. Oh, Burr sober, it. yeah. Yeah, who's killing it. You yeah. Know? I saw Burr right after he got sober and he was like, I'm sober, but I'm going to eat 60 wings. <laughs> like, that's the way to do it. That is what happened. When you first when you first get sober, you start you stop drinking. You just crave sugar so much. Yeah. It, yeah just like shit. Yeah. And just like you still got the consumptive habits. Like, just cram shit in your face. Mm-hmm. And then you don't put on as much weight if you're not drinking. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah. I was always so bloated when I was drinking. I didn't even realize. Yeah, that's like, another reason why, like, when I stopped uh, a couple months ago, for the most part, uh, where I, I yeah, I took a hard two months off anyway. But uh, oh, congrats yeah, on doing I, that! You feel it feel good? I was just so bloated, man, and just yeah. tired, you know. And like nowadays, I've had you know some drinks here and there, but I, I've learned over time. It's like, oh, I can just be the guy. I can have a beer or maybe two, and then I should stop, right. <laughs> you know. But because I still moderation, that, I still have that thing where I don't want to stop. Oh, you know? dude, and like. I can fight that trigger, but like I'd rather. It's so hard. I don't to know. Do. You've got to like train yourself to whatever you you have the triggering moment where yeah. you think about. Yeah, you have to be like, this is it. I'm just. You have to go in thinking, I'm just going to have two. You know. Yeah, you have to. Like, yeah, so set a goal or like a functional goal, and then whenever you feel like that moment where you're like, oh, I want to drink. Take a second, sit in that, and think about why you want to drink. Mm-hmm. Feel what you're feeling. Be like, okay. What happened right before this? Before right. I wanted to drink, and then more often than not, it's it's going to be something not pretty to look at. We're like, oh, that thing stressed me out, and now I want to drink. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. Like, but you got to sit and feel that whole feeling, yeah. which is scary, and you're not really encouraged to. I think it's specifically less so now, but there is like you know the whole toxic man shit where you're like, I'm not going to sit and think about my feelings for a second. Uh, see, I've never had that. <laughs> I've never had it either, but I didn't know if that was like, you know, I prefaced that to say to you just in case it was something that you... Oh, know, I got you. You know, because I think that can be a hang up for a lot of guys. Yeah. I don't have it though. Well, then you're ahead of the race, dude. That is it. If you have any like emotional intellectualism, like you're you're way ahead. I you just, can go, you're way ahead on healing or whatever, it's, you know? It's, it's that old adage, man. I just like said, the hangovers hurt so much more that I'm so damn old it's like it's not even worth it it's not so like, worth it I look it. at it it's that whole Mitch Hedberg g- gag where he's talking about I'm not gonna uh, not do something because of what happens at the end you know? yeah. but I'm the opposite like, I'll look at it like no I'm not gonna do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't 
have 10 vodkas and expect to get up in the morning. Just you know? <laughs> from a purely like pragmatic, like I can't do it. Like it won't make sense for me to yeah, do it. And mentally, you know, like today yeah. I, I went to breakfast today at a buddy of mine, Alex plug Eastland, or Eastland deli that he just, uh, started a few months ago. That's right by Jenny's and, yeah. uh, having breakfast, you know, like beautiful, like homemade biscuit, you know, fresh, everything mm. locally sourced. I'm sitting there like right before I came here. It was like, Got there at like nine in the morning. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't have done this if I partied last night, you know? Just got up and, ha- and have a breakfast by myself and enjoy exactly. the morning, you know? You would have been rolling around, being rolling miserable, around. rolling yeah. around in your bed, hot, sweaty, yeah. stinky, like a gas station taquito, dude. Just like, rolling around. I don't have time for that. You know, I only got like a hundred more years at me, you know? Like, You've only got a thousand more years <laughs> of impact years. in terms of your old, iconography. Old George Burns. and I, Old George Burns. <laughs> I like a young George Burns. <laughs> Which is the furthest, I guess, from what people would think of me as, as being. What do you think people think of you as being? Uh, I can't say. I mean, like, you, you probably get an idea of probably what people think. You know, and like, what do you think I, people think? A lot of they, those things that, uh, those bits I'd run on stage, and I was like, I think I look like this. It's like, because I know that's what people think about me. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah, those yeah. are extended bits. But yeah, definitely they think I smoke a lot of grass, you know. Which, but you don't. No, I used to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah. I don't, I, I told you this before, but it's like, I like the Cheech and Chong, uh, not just the aesthetic, because I grew up with it, but like, I learned the personalities as a kid, because I watched the movies so much, and I was such a fan of the comedy, right. I liked them, like, I felt like I knew them, you know, mm-hmm. so I kind of like mirrored, tried to mirror my personality based off these two stoners. Right, ah, yeah, exactly. So I have like a stoner personality, but yeah. it's, that's manufactured from you know me being and the dude the dude is a stoner yeah and here's the funny thing about that i don't know if i told you this but like my dad's always called me dude ever since i was like kindergarten yeah you know and like this was years before the movie came out yeah i think that definitely like those three people definitely inform like even if you don't smoke weed they inform your life in a positive way yeah because it's like a lesson in like zen or like being chill or letting things go that's what you're really drawn to is the idea that these guys just let everything go. And I think that speaks volumes about like our conceptualization of like peace in the West. Mm. Is like, oh no, you must be on weed if you're calm. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, you're on drugs. Yeah, are you calm down yeah. right now? You must be smoking grass. Like how sad is that that our society is so like fast paced and insane and destructive after this like post industrialization phase that we're like <laughs> If you're even taking time to be chill, you must be on drugs. <laughs> but fuck? also, you know, like I pick, I obviously love the uh, the Chong look and the Beatles look and all that stuff. So I, I dress like a hippie. I get it, but yeah, I, yeah. I just feel comfortable dressed like that. You're a musician. A you're a music yeah, guy. Music guy. You you're know? a music guy, dude. I think that's what people think about you. Like, music guy. I don't. I don't know what they think about. It. What, yeah. what, what do you? What do you think? think what what think? do you think they think? Like a stranger, like somebody, like one of our friends. Oh, probably a stranger. A stranger's like, yeah, that's a fucking drummer, dude. Oh, yeah, You know, right. <laughs> but one of our, yeah, that's a drummer. He smokes pot. He's a chill dude, chill bloke, you know? Mm. Uh, people who know you, I think, go, Carl is uh, a, a like, one of the sweetest guys in our scene. Cut this out, right? Yeah, let me cut that out. <laughs> You're one of the sweetest guys in our scene. You are, um, and I think what I kind of said earlier, like, you're like a fan. Of, like, people and, like, a good person and, like, a fucking funny-ass dude who's, like, I don't know, fucking... T- I, I think a lot of people go, like, Carl just, like, stepped into our scene and immediately was, like, 
I'm all in, dude. I love what y'all are doing. Like, that's what I think of when I think of you. Is like a guy who's just like, dude, how do I get involved? This is sick. Y'all are having a blast. Yeah, and you're like, 100% what yeah. happened. You know, like when yeah. I, I, Wagner had me come out, I was like, what the yeah. fuck? It's like, yeah. I always wanted to do it. I didn't know how to yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, I assumed it was like this uh, secret club, you know, or whatever. I guess yeah. in some ways, many ways it is, but like, yeah. all you have to do is just show up. Yeah. And, and be funny. And I think people do kind of think of you as like a Lebowski and type figure to you. The more I think about mm. it, where you're just like, you are, yeah, you were just fucking, you were not ever letting anything, you were unfazed by any of like the, the nastier, like kind of negativity of comedy, mm. which is really refreshing. Which I know it, it, that exists, but like I don't choose to focus on that. Yeah, you know? the more I think about that, man, that is like, I mean, what a freedom from that. And how refreshing it is to like be at, especially like an open mic situation. With somebody else who's just like, dude, no, I'm rooting for everybody. Mm. I want to see everybody have a great time. Dude, my, my I favorite love that. thing. You make the whole show good. My, my favorite thing is if I can make anybody in the back of that room laugh. You know, any, any of the comics laugh, I got it. If it yeah, everybody. That's my favorite is when, like, you know you did good when one of your friends afterwards high-fives you or, or pats you on the back or whatever. Just yes. little shit like that. That's the best. It, it makes so the whole far. show better. Yeah. You if could, you are, you're back there sitting on the drums and you can tell you are... Genuinely interested in the success of everybody who walks up there mm-hmm. because it makes the whole show better. Yeah, and yeah. I've seen a lot of, especially like mics or local showcases, where like there's like a defeatist attitude where people walk in and from the top they go, "This can't be good. This won't be good." Mm, yeah, yeah. And you have an attitude of like, "It'll probably be good." And then most of the time, because you're just like, "Hey, whatever," everybody else in the audience sees that, and they have like, like you did watching Cheech and Chong or like Lebowski, they go. Oh, if he's feeling all right, dude, I'm probably feeling all right too and letting it go, you know? Mm. And then the whole show, like, by not worrying about it, becomes really good, you know? Oh, man, like, you have a, uh, um, like, a really innate talent of elevating a room. Like, any, like nobody I've seen, like, at least, for example, like Mike's. You mean I'm, Mike's, a, dr- you mean I'm a drug dealer? Yes, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, I sell, sell drugs to sell everybody. Drugs in the, in to everybody. Room. I really elevate the yeah, place. It really makes it a high <laughs> experience. <so. laughs> Not hard when I've slipped PCP in the back. No, man, but like, you know, just using each room as an example of like, Mike's not going so well. Right. And right. But like, when you when you turn it on, your ability, I've seen it shows too, your ability, your energy elevates a room. And like, nobody oh, else thank you for saying that, man. That's true, though, man. Like, I've seen you like, completely turn the place around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got them in your hand, you know it, and you're like, holding it up as high as you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that is, uh, a unique talent that I haven't seen anybody do to that extent. Well, that you know means I mean? a lot. I mean, that's that. Thank you for saying that, man. No, You've always true. said stuff to that effect to me, and it always is like I think about that all the time because you don't always feel like that guy. Know. You know, you don't always feel like the guy who's able to do that. And then sometimes, you know, you just you you get bummed, you know, about you know how you're doing on stage or your performance in general or your life or whatever, and it's like. Encouraging stuff like that, or somebody but, just go, you bring this place up, man. And it, it, that kind of stuff keeps you going. I you think I, I've seen you do that too, because I have seen you uh, not be as elevated, and you know it. Yeah, you can like, tell. I can then t- I'm racked with guilt. I know, but I, and I've shame. Seen, I can definitely see that you, you being cognizant of that. You've definitely tried to just try to be that person more and yeah. more and more. And more you know? Well, you know what is the problem is. If you want to try and be Mr. Like, I'm I'm Mr. Guy in the room. I'm Mr. Let's get this thing going. Let's get this party bumping. It can be exhausting 
And if you're trying to force it or synthesize it, it never lands. So I kind of took a page out of your book where it's like, let's do the opposite thing and just walk up there now and be like the guy who's having a good time by actually having a good time. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like by actually, which takes, you know, maybe 10 minutes before the show whenever you're freaking out, like taking a breath, mm. calming down, saying hi to people. Like I'll go out, like if Connor's up at the show, like I'll go, hey, go talk to somebody. Like get start talking to people and, and like enjoying my, like, oh yeah, I'm going to be better on stage if I'm actually like, in a good place. Yeah. You know? And, like, I know you're like like Wagner is, too, in the fact that, like, you're in it for the hang, man. Like, you love... Oh, yeah, dude. Of, of just... Dude, I remember the, the first time Josh ever, like, said hi to me and said he liked one of my jokes. Mm-hmm. I had been watching him probably for, like, four, three or four months doing stand-up, maybe longer. And I was just, like, enamored with him. As I still am in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, you know, just, like, that mystique of not knowing somebody, too. Where you're like, dude, this guy. Like, and then I remember the first time he, uh, he like said, hey, and was nice to me. I was like, dude, this means the world to me. And then from then it was like, every time we got the chance to hang, it became very clear that like, oh, we're both dudes who are like, let's get the boys out here, dude. Let's hang, you know. Which is yep. nice because, uh, yeah, me and that's a lot of me and Wagner's overlap is like, uh, I don't think that came from because we both got like involved in like the positive hardcore music mm, scene yeah, for a yeah. while which is all about like lift up your friends you know like <laughs> you know let's go open up this pit but pick up people if they fall like a lot of that stuff in high school that means a lot to you about and it's all about like camaraderie and community and uh friendship so i guess me and wagner kind of got that from like a, the music scene we were in too mm. a little bit because uh, i was in that scene in high school i was in like the Let's open. It? Let's open that up if you don't mind. Yeah, let's like, talk about that. That's a smooth transition. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Transitions, Mr. Segway, dude. There it is. I'm Patrick Devine over here, segwaying That's through right. this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Patrick Devine, dude. He's in LA. Is he? He just moved in with Carter. No shit. I swear to God, he Damn. sent me a text the other day. The boys. Yeah, I love to see the boys come together. Yeah, they're in Hollywood now. Hollywood. Boys. Hollywood. Hollywood, and Laura's out there too. That's right. She's coming back in a few weeks. She's yeah for Lucy and Aaron's wedding. Oh, is that what? Yeah, that's what she's on? into. Okay. That's kind of like this, and she's just doing shows and stuff too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's she's the big, and she's doing the Badum thing. She reached out to me. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So and the, the Badum thing. Yeah, yeah. She'll be at Zany's, but more importantly, more importantly, <laughs> the, the And I will be at Zany's, probably just hanging out, <laughs> being around, dude. Yeah, I'd love to see you hanging out, dude. Go out. That's the best when you walk out of the green room and the fucking the boys are out there, dude. Yeah. Sitting in the. Everybody's here. Anyway, yeah. Hardcore. Hardcore, hardcore singer, right? Yeah, I was like Vocalist. a screamer. Go for it, man. Vocalist. Yeah. What was I, that about? Uh, so I was in like a middle, I was in a band in middle school, and we would do like, uh, that was like more emo, emo and metal, early metal, and then it turned into like this metalcore screamo thing uh, in high school, and then by the end of it, it was like, yeah, some weird experimental hardcore shit. And I was in, uh, yeah, it was just like a high school band, and then... We had a music venue in my hometown called The Warehouse, and it was a Christian metalcore venue. In Chattanooga, right? In Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was in East Ridge, Tennessee proper. And they would sh- throw shows every week, and there would be like touring, metal, hardcore, punk acts and stuff. Largely, a lot of them Christian, which was like a whole thing. That was like a, a Christian metalcore was like a whole, like bands like As I Lay Dying and like oh, yeah, Under yeah. Oath and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, which is an interesting like case study in and of itself of being like the pairing of like Jesus who is love and like warmth and tenderness and then like are you guys ready to open up the pit 
and find Christ through moshing, you know. But it kind of worked. Like, there was something... There's something very Protestant about it. Like, it's intense, you know what I mean? It's intense and dark. Uh... Uh, so then, yeah, we, I was in this band and we would like practice twice a week and then every weekend we would kind of go play shows on the weekend and I would scream in this band and it was like, dum, 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 like heavy breakdown stuff. And it was like, how'd you mosh. figure out you could do that? I just started trying. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I just started trying. I was just like, I, I like, I have that like weird, like narcissistic sociopath, sociopathic curse where it's like every like thing I get into I want to try and do too. Yeah, sure. yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean yeah. where what? it's like yeah just there's the music I liked and then the band I was in like I started singing and they're like I'm not a good great singer so I was like maybe I can like scream and then I can we can you know kind of transition into like a hardcore metal outfit and that worked they kept were you me literally screaming because I've tried to do like Pantera stuff back in the day but like I would just get like Start dry heaving, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I also found out I couldn't do it very loud. I could just go like, you know. Oh yeah. But were you it's a diaphragm screaming? thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I spent a lot of time trying to get good at it. It's weird to talk about now for some reason. But yeah. Yeah, I did. I mean, I started out, and I would be like, I'd be like in my room, be like, and my dad would come and like outside the door, be like. Uh, my dad was really funny too, um, which is you know kind of how I got into this crap. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, and then I would just start you know trying to get it better and better and better. And then I remember one time we did a battle of the bands, and the winning. So if you won the battle of the bands, you got like studio time for free to go record an EP at this place in Cleveland, Tennessee, mm-hmm. which was the same studio where this band called As Cities Burn recorded an album called Hell or High Water, which I was real into at the time. So it was like a big mo- I was like, damn, I'm going to record at the studio in Cleveland with this guy, Jeremy Weber, who was a sick dude. Uh, and we, so we won the battle of the bands. We got to go stay in the studio, record all these songs, and like, uh, then that's where I got my scream real good or whatever, dude. And then we would, yeah, we would just practice every week, play shows every week, travel a little bit. It was awesome. And I was like, from, that's been my only goal, I guess, since I was in high school, I was like, I want to do something like this with my life. Yeah. Like, I want to do this. Like, this, it's been the only, like, I kind of, like, whatever, half-assed my way through schoolwork and whatever. I'm, like, smart enough to, like, slide by or whatever. And then, But all I cared about was that band, dude. Yeah. That's all I got. I was just, like, obsessed with it. I was like, I got to get these lyrics better. I'm thinking about the, all these parts and how we can write this song all day. And the guys that we're with are, like, were and still are, like, incredibly talented musicians. So it was, like, it was kind of like a... And it was one of those things where it's like your parents would be like, okay, we'll come watch your little high school band. And then they would be like, what the fuck? Like everyone is like freakishly talented in this band, except me. So I was like, I got to get good at something. So I'll get good at screaming and then kind of being the front man and writing the lyrics and like conceptualizing the idea of what this band is and like what, what like our, like what our albums and whole idea needs to be and shit like that. But it was, yeah, it was, I was obsessed with it. And it was just like something you do outside of like, school every yeah. week and you get in a rhythm of like working hard on something artistically you know mm-hmm. so stand up kind of makes sense to me and then like, and then to, to put a slash to, on that, that around reason. that same time you were getting involved in like high school like improv right? oh yeah i was doing like improv too and, so i took improv classes i was just yeah it's it's so annoying to admit but it's like yeah i'm a performer you know like i am <laughs> like i like uh I, I took improv classes with the buddy in my band. We would do improv, yeah, and I they knew would that that was 
There we took stories improv classes, and then it, we would do improv shows with the improv team. It was all through this guy, and our teacher, his name was uh, Mr. Jackson. Mm-hmm. He was just like the best. He was incredible. He was cool. He was like the one liberal teacher in my conservative high school. So I was like, could talk to him about stuff, and uh, uh, and we kissed. You know, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, and uh, but yeah, it was it was sick. And like the guys in my band were involved in the improv thing too. So it'd be like my guitar. Like we'd go play hardcore shows, and then on Tuesday he'd be. We'd sit after school and be like, he'd be like playing songs. We'd do like that. I sounds like a song thing, like from whose line is it anyway? But it'd be like my guitarist, like from my band there, and like, yeah, it was it was chill. And then we'd go like practice in our screamo band and shit. And then um, yeah, and then kind of in college, we kept trying to play music together, but it just kind of broke broke apart. And I got into comedy. Did you say at one point like other uh, hardcore bands had got word that y'all were doing improv and would come out to the shows? Oh, dude, yeah. So there's one time, all these hardcore bands, you know when you're playing with these other bands, it's like nobody's ever heard of them, but they're like the world to you. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Uh, so again, it's like that same shit. It's like I loved being fans of other bands locally in a local community. It's like, it's it's awesome. You know, like, oh, Between Two Seas is going up, dude. We got to see what they're, I heard they got a new breakdown in this part. You know what I mean? I'm going to go mosh to this song. You know what I mean? You're a fan of people. But we loved this band, that band Between Two Seas, and we were obsessed with them, and we looked up to them, and it was so, like, so hard. And then uh, Doug, my bassist, made the classic mistake of being like, hey, we're having an improv show. Do you guys want to come watch? Which is like, don't tell somebody you're a comedian. You know what I mean? Because then it's like going to be cringe and awkward in any numerous amount of ways. But he made this fatal flaw. They showed up to the show and I had bailed that night because I was being like a shithead I wanted to get high or something mm. and I was nervous I was freaked out I was like I cannot do this in front of them I know the show's gonna suck I could smell a bomb even back then dude you can smell a bomb coming you know when you're <laughs> when you get booked on a bad show but you're like I'm gonna fucking do it I'm gonna put it out of my mind and then the day of you're like how do I get out of this <laughs> and then uh uh yeah he just basically he went up there and bombed by himself and the band saw him they're like no it's good man you know keep Keep at it, and I don't think he's ever forgiven me for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So that I guess that yeah, the improv stuff too is that that was fun. That was because it was like just me and all my friends getting high and doing like doing sketches together, you know. Yeah. And he, yeah, I, I started to be like, dude, I want to do this. If you could make a job out of this, and then I like went to college too, and I was just not like married to the idea of what I was doing. I worked hard in college at what I was doing, but I, I, I didn't, I don't know. What was your major? Digital communication. So like video editing and communications and digital marketing and like social media, like a, kind of a new media thing, you know, it's one of the, it's like a, it's, it's like a, a like a, a major that started like two years before I got there. You know, it's like a very new age thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like a, if data science is like the new major that like can get you a job and then digital communications is like the new like communications degree you know what I mean it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah it can open a few doors but it's kind of like I didn't know what I wanted to do so I'll go in there do that my parents are like you gotta go to college you know and sure. uh, and then I, did, I worked hard at it I learned a lot of skills I still use with stand up and stuff but I was like I don't know it, it was like the, the I, my whole generation's plight or whatever of being like we went to college because they told us to and now we're in massive debt you know but I didn't go because I necessarily wanted to I just went because I felt some weird societal pressure and you know colleges are businesses I'm realizing this $100,000 later type of shit yeah 
at what point for you, Chance, did uh, you decide, hey, man, this comedy thing is um, taking off pretty good? At what point did you decide? About four months ago. About four months ago when I got fired. (laughs) I was like, well, I'll just keep doing comedy full time. trial by fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't really have a lot of options. Uh, No, yeah, it's... uh, I don't know, dude. But to be fair, you've been pursuing it because I've seen you. You, you know, you're working the the road gigs. You're doing, yeah. You're doing the headlines, or you're doing, you know, like feature spots, you know, and like, yeah, all this stuff. At what point did it come together for you to realize, oh, this could be a thing? I guess like early on, I was like, I got, I want to do this, and the, when you get into comedy, every nobody really talks about it as hobbyism. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, if you're in at any level, it's about making a career out of it. Like, from the time you start going to mics, you're like, all right, how do I get on this show? How do I move up? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, A, the culture of it is kind of, like, very dependent on you grinding as hard as you can and getting more gigs and getting more gigs. So, very early on. And then, B, uh, I was like, oh, did the music stuff. So, it was like, I want to, I already know, like, I want to, like, practice and get better. I just want to yeah. do it to get really good at it all the time. And if you're doing it and getting better at it all the time, then it's like you get more shows. Getting better at it can is dependent on you getting more work. So it kind of just happens. Yeah. Where, does that make any sense? No, perfect sense. So where it's just like, yeah, I want to when you. I think that's what people should do. You should not try to focus on like I want a job. Like you right. should be like I want to get good at this, and by trying to get good at it, it will require you to go work at the club level, you know, and then you'll kind of arrive at the idea of a career if that's what you want. Which is, like, not for everybody. You know what I mean? And it's also fine to just be like, dude, I just want to do fucking showcases. Or whatever. Or, like, or I want to work in comedy in any capacity. Because you can be... I've seen people who are, like, murderers do, like, a fucking hour. Who you don't really, like, work the club circuit as much. Like, Mark Knudsen is, like, one of the (laughs) funniest people on the planet. I agree. Like, he's... Uh, and whenever I'm around him, I feel so nervous to be like – I never feel more nervous to try and be funny than around Mark because <laughs> I know this guy's like so quick. He's like uh, – it, it's it's insane. Like his he's a, like a genius. But it's like – he has like a, what appears to me to be like a very fulfilled life outside of comedy right. as well. So he's like, dude, I'll record, an, I'll record an album. And like I don't see him like – he doesn't have to feel the need to go like hustle these road clubs and stuff. I'm yeah. like – that's awesome. That's chill too, dude. Like that's awesome. Like you're still the funniest guy, one of the funniest guys I know. So it's like I don't know. That's something I've been thinking about a lot too. Is like what is when you ask like what when did you right when did you decide to like want to do this for real for real? And I'm like now I'm starting to think about like why did I? You know why why do you want to? And it's yeah. like I think the answer I think with why, anything I think should, why is better than than when you know because like, yeah I think. Well, no, I think what, both are good, both are good questions. Yeah. But the the question why is like, well, I think it's to get good at it, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Dusty it's told me. He was like, dude. dude. He was like, dude. I just realized, like, I didn't grow up wanting to be a stand up. He's mm-hmm. like, I just realized at a certain point I was good at it, and I wanted to get real good at it, yeah. and then uh, I started making some money doing it. <laughs> you know what and, I mean? And that's the American dream, right? It's yeah. To, it's to yeah. do something that you enjoy. Totally. So that there it is. You know? I think that yeah, the pursuit of happiness. Oh, there it which, is. Which you're promised the pursuit, right? Which I think yeah. you know means like pursue, pursuing the pursuing it looks like getting good at it or trying it or yeah. trying your hardest or 
Whatever. I, I feel like I feel like we need like that song America to, like to slowly creep up right now in the background. Like, can you do it? Can you do it in post? If, if it's, can you do it in post? If it's something I could get sued over, it's <laughs> it's owned by the people, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It might. It, that's that's a that's a tough one. I can't use Lee Greenwood. He'd probably sue. So. That would suck if they were like if uh, you were like your podcast was about to blow up. And then they're like, oh, you used this obscure song, so. Yes, yeah, so sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. You're out of the mix. You're out. Oh, Carl Roberts zero. CR zero. <laughs> Carl Roberts the nun. I'll just go, I'll just go back to porn. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm ready for that transition, man. That's going to be, that's going to be killer. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, it's just whatever. I don't know. Yeah, when you, and then dude, like I moved in with Matt Boyd, who. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and Connor. And when we were all three, like. Yeah, it was so competitive and like we were all like trying to get stuff at once and like all the time going to open mics and just being in that environment, you kind of like everybody's like, yeah, we're all in. We all moved in together because we're all in. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like you lived with us. It's like we're all in. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's I like, like I'm like I'm in, and then pandemic. <laughs> it's yeah, like we're out. <laughs> yeah, dude, well, it's like, dude, all it being all in just is like. That's it. Like being and being around other people who are like, dude, we're doing this. And it's like in comedy is kind of like this kind of thing where you're like, dude, dude, this is crazy. I'm not gonna make any money doing this. And then it starts happening. And you're like, dude, it's like the harder you lean, the more stuff can happen. And like the more absurd the ideas become to be like, like you know, how absurd it is for somebody to be like, dude, I sing songs about my penis and I'm gonna sell out a theater. <laughs> But they do it because they believe in the thing. They're all in, dude. And other people see that and they go, we're all in. That's you, dude. That's the spirit of Carl Roberts III. Be all in. Yeah, be all in. I think that's the end right there. (laughs) That's it, dude. Chance, do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Chance Willie on Instagram, W-I-L-L-I-E. And then you can find all my dates and stuff basically through my Instagram. Yeah, and and you've been doing that show at at Zany's on uh, Mondays, right? Yeah, New Material Monday at Zany's. I like the house MC, so go check that out. I love you, man. Oh, Animal Secrets Podcast. Check out our podcast. Oh, yeah, the podcast. That's right. Animal Secrets Podcast on Apple Pods, Spotify, and then you can support us at Patreon, too, with me and Connor Larson. There it is. His episode was good at this, too. Hell yeah. So check him out. All right, man. Thank you for having me. Love you, buddy. Love you, too. There it was, guys. Hey, we done did it. Once again, another episode in the bag, man. As always, thanks for listening to the Badum Ching with Carl. Now on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, you know the score. Wherever you found us, you're in the right spot, man. Tell your friends, tell your foes. Uh, you know, like email me. Let me know how I'm doing, man. I need to know, you know, cr3comedy at gmail.com. All that good stuff. Appreciate it, man. If you want some merch, I'll hook you up. Uh, follow me on the uh, on the things CR Three Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and or CR Three Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. Plenty more bangers in the future, man. So until then, see you later.